Hey y'all, welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a black millennial. I'm your host, Allie B. If it's your first time listening, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy what you hear. If you're back again, I so appreciate your support. If y'all like what you're hearing, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and also follow me on Instagram at everythingallieb and at Shades of Brown Podcast. This week's special guest is Shana Worlds. Shayna loves all things relationships and is the host and creator of the brand and podcast, To Be Single or Not To Be. She's only on her third season of podcasting and already has over 30,000 downloads. She's been featured in the ATL Voyage magazine as well as the Urbanite Online magazine and has an apparel line of her own. She's been so gracious to invite me on her platform to talk about actually this same topic and I'm so happy to have her this week with us talking about all things narcissism and gaslighting and all the things y'all before we get into the topic though let's get into the brown beat this week i want to do something a little bit differently with the brown beat i want to highlight a nonprofit organization that i believe is changing the world i'd like to highlight curly me a nonprofit organization that educates empowers and encourages young black girls through memorable events and lasting relationships The founder and creator of this organization is Alicia Derso. She's been a guest on the podcast before and is seriously, y'all, the epitome of black girl magic. When she sees something that needs to be improved, she's going to fix it. Like she's a doer, she's a mover and a shaker and a world changer. Um, I love the story of Curly Me because she moved out to Utah from the East Coast around the same time that I did. And she noticed, she noticed all these little black kids with these white families, you know, there is a large percentage of refugees there and transracially adopted kids there, right? So she sees these families, these white families with these black kids whose, you know, whose hair may have not been properly maintained, whose skin wasn't being properly moisturized, those kinds of things. And instead of sitting on the sidelines complaining about you know, how these white families weren't doing their part to engulf themselves in the culture of blackness, you know, in order to properly raise a black kid in America. Instead of complaining about what she was seeing, she decided to do something about it and legit would go up to these families and say, hey, I'd like to help you. You know, if it's just, you know, braiding your daughter's hair or teaching you some things about black skin, black hair, I want to do that. That's how Curly Me was birthed, but it's blossomed into so much more. And she seriously is changing lives. Um, not just the kids, but these families as well. She's She's been awarded and highlighted and featured on some major platforms, and I couldn't be more proud of her. And I'd like for you all to follow her, to keep up with her, and to donate to her nonprofit organization so that she can continue to uplift and inspire, educate, empower, and encourage these young girls of color. To learn more about Curly Me and to find ways to support, please visit curlyme.org and you can also find Curly Me on Instagram at Curly Me SLC. Shout out to you Alicia and to the Curly Me organization. I was going to make the brown beat about um, Married at First Sight because it is relevant to this week's conversation to this week's episode but I just don't even have the energy for for the shenanigans that is Kristen Page. <laughs> If you don't know what I'm talking about, go onto YouTube and look up the bald and the beautiful Married at First Sight review. Kev on stage and his wife, Melissa, that chick, Angel, and Marcus on the gram. They do, an, they do a phenomenal job of reviewing the show. Even if you don't watch the show, their review of the show is entertaining enough. So yeah, go watch that. But um, let's get into the conversation, y'all. Let's unpack it. Well, hello, Shayna. So happy to have you here finally at Shayna's yes, Brown. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes. How you doing? I'm doing good. Today's been a good day. 2021 has been, I think, a good year so far. We're going to hopefully the same energy throughout. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, and if it's not good to us, we gonna make sure to make the best of it, you know. Right, that's all we can do. That's all we can do. Who, who, after 2020, it's like, who knows what's gonna happen? Like, right, who knows what's gonna be next, right. But regardless, <laughs> we're gonna live our best life, okay? Right, always, okay. <laughs> I was recently on your podcast talking about this same thing, and I was like, okay, we have to continue this conversation. I have to. It's so relevant, mm-hmm. and um, I think we often experience this, but we may not know what exactly it is, right. what signs to look for. So I want to take a deep dive into this narcissism stuff. And <sighs> we're going to talk about narcissism and gaslighting because I think they go hand in hand. They do. Um, if that, gaslighting is such a big part of uh, narcissist behavior pattern. So we're right. going to get into all of that. So let's get into it. Let's unpack it. Yes, <laughs> let's unpack it. So, uh, <laughs> Before we start talking about all the details, can you tell us in your in your uh, terms what a narcissist is? How would you describe a narcissist? Who? So you said unpack it first. I want the listeners to take a deep breath. You know, <laughs> when I think about in my own terms of what a narcissist is, number one is the person that I want to stay away from. <laughs> Hello. In any way, shape, form, or fashion. <laughs> and on the other hand, a narcissist really is an individual can be a man or a woman um, that is going to, I feel, always put themselves first. They are the priority. You never can be number one when it comes to them. They are always going to make you feel less than. And the thing, let me go back, because I think when it comes to a narcissist, let's start here. A lot of times a narcissist does a great job at making you feel good. That's how you wind up in the relationship. They have a lot of charisma. They can be nice. They are very enticing and charming, but they work their magic and then they pull you in. And what you then realize is that you are in the web of a narcissist. And then that's when they lay it on where you are not good enough, but it's very subtle how they start showing you those things. Um, You never really live up to the standard of what they expect or what they want, when in reality, they really don't know what they want or what they want is so unattainable or unachievable that not even they can achieve it. Um, A narcissist is a person that you really just cannot win with overall. It's like, no matter what you do, you're always going to be grasping for air or grasping for whatever it is that you think they want. And when you reach like the pinnacle of whatever they have deemed as success, then it's going to be like a level up. It's like playing like a video game. It's always levels to unlock, but you will never unlock enough levels to truly satisfy a narcissist, nor will you unlock enough levels to truly be satisfied yourself because narcissists are so good at being charming, at pulling us in and things of that nature that we think we're happy. Um, but then we realize that we really aren't, but then they throw enough trauma on us to start questioning ourselves to realize like, I think I'm happy enough to stay for a little while and then something happens. And it's just like this vicious, never ending cycle. So it's a never ending cycle. Never yes, ending. Yes, yes. I agree. You're spot on with how you describe and define a narcissist, someone who makes literally everything about them. I mean, yeah. everything is about them. And like yeah. you said, it's um success for them. It's it's or at least what what they deem for us, you know. Uh, to, to, I guess, become worthy mm-hmm. of, of them is, is never enough. We will never reach yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And because of that charm and that web of deceit, we get so sucked in that we end yeah. up trying everything we can. And it's just a, lo- it's a losing everything. battle. It's a losing yeah. battle. I, um, I think it's important that we stick on this, this thing about their charm. They are typically yeah. extremely charismatic people, extremely generous people. They are very likable. Yes. They, they are very, yeah. very, very likable to the point that when you begin to point it out, outsiders are like, what do you mean? They're the greatest. Like they're the most amazing person. Yeah. yeah. They did X, Y, Z for me. They are this, they're that. Um, and, and that's how they pull us in. You know, that's how they pull you in the first place. It's like, yeah, they right. were those things, but it's they like, were those things. And when you think back, so one, let's say, I don't know if people know who Ted Bundy is the serial killer, but he was very charming. <laughs> he was a killer, <laughs> a sociopath and a lot of things. So let's be clear. Charm should not be enough. That's one of my things. Now I always tell people, they say, we have such chemistry. Leave chemistry in the lab where it belongs because (laughs) chemistry is not always a recipe for success when it comes to relationships and chemistry and a narcissist, they go hand in hand because you have that chemistry with them. A lot of times you think you do because they're putting the charm on. And like you just said, a lot of times you'll talk to people. And if you think back, if someone 
things back to when they first started dating a narcissist. Yeah, they were all those things. They were nice. They were fun. They were loving. They were giving. And my experience, you know, as a person that's like, oh, he's done this, this, and this for me. Nobody's ever done that for me. Nobody ever looked out for me like this. But then as I went down the road, I realized that I ended up actually doing more for that person than they were doing for me. Not that I was really keeping score, but I realized how the tape, like what drew me in was the generosity and the charm of many things. But down the road, it was like, I was the one being more generous. I was giving more because they had a way to manipulate words and situations to feel like, make me feel like I was obligated to do those things. And that's because at the time, I didn't have the words or the awareness or the knowledge to know exactly what I was dealing with, you know, yeah. because now it will pop out to me like a huge red flag. But what she said is correct. That charm is something else. And I think people have to be super aware of that. And not to say that a person, everybody that's charming is not a narcissist. I think it's what comes along with that. And when you give it some time and some context to really look at it, to see, okay, along with this charm now, how is this person moving in the world? You know, what goes along with that for us to determine if this is the charm that we really desire in a partner or was that like the charm that they just used to, you know, bait us in, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think that was so critical. You saying that everyone who's charming is not a narcissist and, right. um, and I don't want to get too spiritual right here, but I right. do think it's important to note that people who are naturally charming have to do, have to be intentional about aligning who they are with God, because it mm -hmm. is very easy to get over in witchcraft and start dabbling yeah. in manipulation and deceit mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um using your charm for selfish gain yeah that, that's a murky murky yeah. territory murky waters. but yeah. that's exactly what happens because charm in itself is nothing wrong with that right but if you're not careful you'll get along with somebody you'll get connected with somebody who will lull you on to sleep and yeah. before you know it you like you said yeah. you're in a web of deception yeah. and, yeah. You, and you stuck it's <laughs> um, like they're singing you a lullaby will lull you to sleep like rock yes. about baby you will be in it and by the time you look and that's I think throughout the relationship you know as long as you are in it dealing with a narcissist you have to be mindful of like the waves of what it looks like because in the beginning it looks like charm that like you said they can easily lull you on to sleep lull you in and then as you start to see you know, the, the wool comes off of your eyes and you start to really see who this person is. I think you just have to be very aware of it then too, because you'll still see glimpses of it. Even when they're being a manipulator, even when they're being a gaslighter, even when they're doing all those things in the midst of it, they throw something in there to kind of make you forget that mm -hmm. they are deceiving you and that they have pulled you into their web. So it's just like, you have to have a super high awareness. Yes. Yes. With this person. And that's why I recommend you don't deal with these people. Once you realize what you're doing, once you get out. So define gaslighting for people. This is a fairly new term that we're using yeah. um, in our culture. And though we are pretty much all familiar with the behavior, we may not know what that term right. means. So can you help us understand what that, what that means? Absolutely. And so I found this out recently when I was doing, because I still, for whatever reason, by the grace of God, I'm not dealing with a, a narcissist or a gaslighter right now. But I like to just research these things. And also because, you know, podcasts on relationships, I just like to do my research. And so I found out that the term gaslighter came from a movie. Um, I don't know what era, if it was the 80s or the 90s, but I think it was actually called Gaslighter. And I'll tell a quick story. What happened was it was a man and a woman living in a house. And the woman would always say that she was cold. And what would happen is her partner would go and turn, it was the winter time, and he would go and turn the thermostat down like super low to make the house cold. And then when she would say she was cold, he would say like, why are you cold? The thermostat's been up, he's gone back and turned it back up where she wouldn't even realize that it had been down. So basically, he was tricking her with the temperature in the house to make her feel like she was going crazy. And that relates exactly to what a gaslighter is. A person who is going to lie in your face and make you or try to make you think that they are telling you the truth. It's just like the song I heard somebody say, um, Shaggy back in the day. It wasn't me. You know, you saw me on the kitchen counter. It wasn't me. I was looking at you. What Martin even said it, my favorite. You're going to believe me or your own eyes. I'm looking at you. So ultimately... <laughs> A gaslighter is a person that literally is going to look you dead in your face, dead in your eyes, tell you a lie and expect for you to believe it and make you feel crazy for not believing it to the point that if you don't know how to deal with these people, you will wind up questioning yourself. Like, I know, I, I know I told him that. I know, yeah. you know, so yeah, a person's yeah. gonna lie to your face, written all over your face. You don't yes. have to say a word. 
Yes, I, I did not know. I did not even know that that was related to a movie, but that makes oh, yeah. so much sense. That's crazy. Like, how are you going to be the one turning down the air? And then, Yeah, like, and I might have told the story a little wrong, y'all, but look it up. Gaslighter. It's a movie. That's y'all are fine. It's the, that's the gist of it. Yeah, this is critical because I think we have to analyze why we attract these people in our, in our lives mm. in the first place. You know, why Ooh. do I attract narcissists? Yeah. Why are my friends narcissists? Why are the people that I date narcissists? Yeah. What is it about me that attracts these people? Because, you know, I I, I try to take responsibility, you know, I'm yeah, gonna, ownership. for sure, you know, uh, transforming my life in a way where I try to look inwardly first right, and not right. place blame, you know, like you said, take yeah. ownership and accountability. So why am I constantly attracting narcissists? And this is my personal testimony. Okay. Like why, <laughs> why do I continually attract narcissistic people? in my life and I realized it was this I used to be a codependent people Mm. who um, have codependency issues you are prey you are the most vulnerable prey you are susceptible to attract narcissistic people because something in you needs to be validated you need someone to approve of you you need Mm -hmm. someone to praise and uplift you and show you that Mm -hmm. you are worthy and valuable so Mm -hmm. what happens is their need to be needed and um, depended on their 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 trauma and craziness is a perfect match for your own like a beautiful Um, disaster yes 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 a beautiful disaster perfect storm yeah um so if you relate if you have any childhood trauma where you had rejection issues um you may in your adulthood find that a lot of people you are in relationship with are narcissistic people right right um because there's something within you your trauma is screaming out for them Yep. And they see it light as day, yep. light as day. Like you don't see it, but they look at you like prime rib. Like, oh, that's it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. the one. That's <laughs> the one. I'm going to hook them, bait them. Um, yep. So if you've ever struggled with codependency, I would strongly suggest you like listen closely and yeah. figure out how you can um, get yourself out of that web because right, God right. wants better for you, sis. God wants better for you, yes, bro. Yes. Like <laughs> we want better for you. Yes, we. Shana and I want better for you. <laughs> we want better for you. Along with God, we want it too. Yes. But I think something else that you mentioned, um, when it comes to narcissism, what you said, I, I'm just sitting here thinking, like reflecting, even in this moment of you saying that, to realize about that codependency, because something that I dealt with um, somebody who was a narcissist on, on a scale of one to 10, I don't think he was a level 10 narcissist. He was probably like a six or a seven, but he made me do a lot of work on myself. And within that situationship, I came across this book called Attached, just like it sounds, Attached. And it taught me about attachment styles. And so I found at the time I had an anxious attachment style. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? A lot of times a codependent attachment style, a style where I need this person around. I need the constant attention. I need, 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 super needy. And what does a narcissist need? They need somebody that's super needy. So I just wanted to bring that up, that that's a great resource for people to look into because everybody, you know, whether it's a relationship with a partner, um, a family member, a sibling, a kid, to know what your attachment style is will help you. Um, one, if you don't like your attachment style, you can learn what you need to do in order to move away from that and into the secure attachment because I think that's the one that everybody wants to be in. Most narcissists would claim that's what they are. Yes. But I just think it's a really great resource for people to be aware of, to know what's my attachment style because that's going to play a huge role into what I attract and what I think I'm attracted to. Yes, I am so happy you brought this up. This is so Mm -hmm. important because it speaks to our inner child and it speaks to how we were formed and framed and shaped to do relationships. So there are four primary attachment styles. Mm -hmm. Shana talked about having an anxious attachment style, which was mine as well. Um, Oh, but I thank God for Mm -hmm. healing. Amen. (laughs) Um, There is the secure attachment style, anxious attachment style, avoidant and anxious avoidant. Mm -hmm. So secure attachment style, this is where we all aim to be. It's where you're comfortable opening up and getting close to people, but you're also okay with being on your own and don't feel like you need to be with someone just to be with somebody. The anxious attachment style Um, You're often worried about your relationship and you seek reassurance and affection to counter Mm. that worry. You've probably found yourself in at least a few toxic relationships. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, oh. The avoidant attachment style. This is where, you know, you, you're getting close to people, getting close to people either freaks you out and or causes you to push them away somehow. Relationships are good for mm-hmm. a while, but you tend to lose interest easily. This is, these are people who are afraid to open up. It's like, you you know, you need yep. people and want people around, but for some reason you have this deep fear that you're going to lose them. Yep. So what you end up doing is pushing them away so that, you know, you go ahead yep. and don't have to deal with the, the pain of them leaving. So you just leave yourself. And then the last one. You just leave yourself, the anxious avoidant is you seek out love and affection only to push it away once you get it. You mm. oscillate between being alone and miserable to being in toxic, abusive relationships. Um, so the avoidant and anxious avoidant, they are very similar. But yeah, we want to we want to aim to be secure in our attachments. And this is why inner child healing and just healing in general is so important because you start to yeah. see why you have the friends you have why your family is the way they are yeah. why your romantic relationships are the way yep. they are and um in, in our case because we are similar and you know having yeah. that anxious attachment style we find ourselves in these narcissistic relationships and the truth of the matter is this narcissists are abusive maybe not physically typically they yeah. are not physically abusive but emotionally verbally yeah um psychologically psychologically it is straight up psychological warfare yes yes at all times and the thing is they would never own that and that's what people have to recognize that abuse comes in so many forms and that when you're dealing with a person that is manipulating your thoughts manipulating you making you feel a certain way um doing things that hurt you like you said emotionally psychologically mentally I feel like so I used to say in which I mean I wouldn't say I never want to be in any kind of abusive relationship, but it's almost like, you know, when you're a kid and you get a spanking, like you get a spanking for a few minutes and then it goes away. You could go outside and play versus it's over with, but emotional, you, you are sitting there thinking and tormenting yourself when the person is not even in the room with you. You are up at night thinking about it. You are losing sleep. You can't focus at work. So yeah, it's the worst kind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ari Lennox says, she says this in her last album. Um, I forget what song it is, but you know, on her, on her album, she does like a lot of talking and you know, those interludes in between her songs. And mm-hmm. she was talking about this very thing, how, you know, physical abuse, you know, you get a scar or wound or whatever. And let, let, let's be clear. Yeah. We are not at all saying that um, if you are in a physically abusive relationship, it's not as bad. No, we are not. Right. Saying not that. at all. We are just saying that typically when it comes to our culture, we will preach to women about leaving abusive, physically abusive relationships, but we don't do the same when it comes to emotional abuse. And a lot of times that stuff stays with you even longer because you can't see the wounds, you can't see the pain, Um, but that stuff stays with you and it literally... Uh, chips away at your identity and your self-love your self-esteem your confidence yeah and that's the shapes yeah your soul and it's just not okay it's not okay and the thing about it is narcissistic people will build you up just to tear you down like you said in the beginning it's so subtle it's so subtle yeah and even their insults will come in joke form or they're being sarcastic but they do it so often because it's like let let me build you up let me make sure you know to depend on me for reassurance and validation but also let me tear you back down so you you know that like you aren't as imp- as as great as you think because yes. I dealt with somebody that used to call me this nickname that I hated and mm. from like day one when they would do it I always say like I don't like that my name is Shana call me that you know and what they were saying to me was not to me a term of endearment at all and I told them exactly how it made me feel but I feel like you know it was a way for them to kind of keep me in check you know I'm going to do this even if you say that you do not like it yeah I want to do it so that's it and then I think also like we talked about it's so subtle because when I was dealing with this one person um I kind of had a feeling because I had started to learn what narcissism looked like in the terms of a person and I kind of had a feeling that that's what they were because I would see glimpses of it and I kind of have this checklist I found on some website a long time ago and I'll kind of go down it to remind myself like, okay, yeah, this man is a narcissist. Let me get away from him. And with this person, it was like, say it was 10 things on the list. At first they only checked off like three or four, but now I know if they check off one in 2021, I'm gone. That's enough. (laughs) But in that moment, I was like, well, they can't be a narcissist. Narcissist is only six out of 10, you know? And it was because they would do such subtle things or they had say at the time they had only done something like one time. So I'm yeah. like, well, that's maybe just the one off. That's not a big deal. And yeah. then, you know, six months later, they done done it 60 
times. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's one of those things that the subtle, you, you got to just wake up and pay attention. Mm-hmm. That's what you, you got to do. You got to pay you attention. And, and, and maybe it's difficult for you to wake up and pay, pay attention because you're so deeply embedded. This is why mm-hmm. it's important to have um, friends around who are honest oh, yeah. with you and who are sober minded. Yeah. Because I was literally just having a conversation just recently about somebody that I used to um, date. Mm-hmm. And I was letting her know about this recent interaction with him because, you know, he pops in every now and then just to say, yeah. hey, yeah. and um, I was telling her about it and just kind of how it made me feel. And, and sidebar, one key thing about narcissists is like you have to pay attention to how you feel after you've been in their yeah. presence or after you talk uh, to them. You know, it's like sometimes you just have this icky feeling about yourself. Like, oh, yeah. why do I feel good? Like, I had an amazing day, but yeah. now I just feel yucky after interacting yeah. with this person. Pay attention to that stuff. So yeah. I was telling my friend about it, and I, and I, I was literally saying what you said, Shane. I'm like, I mean, it, it's not this and it's not that. I'm just trying to figure out, you know. And I what said all the things that it wasn't to excuse, like this narcissistic. Yeah. And she said, yeah. well actually it's funny you say that because I do see that it is this and it's that and it's that yeah and when she broke it down to me and like kind of read it back to me I was like oh my god (laughs) he is (laughs) like I have been in the midst of it all and I did not even know yes 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 outside perspectives are always helpful in that way and you know a lot of times especially as we get older when it comes to relationships I think it's super important that we recognize the importance of being able to trust the people around us the most, you know, our loved ones, our close friends. And I think as a society, we really have to move away from the shame and the fear that's associated with opening up about our relationships. Because I think many times, if we're in a situation that we know may not be the greatest, we're kind of ashamed to tell our friends about it because we may get judged. Or on the other hand, we may sometimes be hesitant to tell people about what's going on because say you and your partner get into a tiff, you're kind of thinking about, you know, maybe leaving or whatever the circumstances are, you tell your family or friends about it. And then he shows up at the family barbecue. Now everybody's looking at him sideways. Like I thought y'all was done, you know? So again, that goes back to shame about what's going on. So then what happens? We look up and we are six to seven months in a situation where we really haven't opened up to anybody to have have as like a resource or an outlet to really kind of bounce, bounce things off of because sometimes that is needed because, you know, like I said before, I'm not a person to give unsolicited relationship advice um, because I feel like we are adults and people have to make their own decisions. And I think when we relieve the shame and the fear that comes with that, that we can honestly and openly um, ask for that feedback or ask for what our family or friends may think and receive it with love and not receive it from the wrong space. So I think that's something that we really have to move towards. It's not saying, I'm not saying at all, go put all your business on social media because those people don't care about you, no way. But I think that everybody, most people, I'll say people I know, put it that way, um, have like a close sister circle and you have at least one or two people that you can, you know, and they may not know your partner personally. They might've just been around them or they might've just, they might just know what you told them, but it's almost like how we do our own self-checks and self-assessments. Like, you know, what do you think about, you know, Bob over here? What you think about Mike? You know, honestly, just tell me and not, and not even giving any clues as to what you may be looking for, but just ask them like, what do they think? So I think it's a great self-check and it's a way for us to kind of have our own kelter on our relationships without feeling like we're giving up too much. Yes, I love that you say this. I think overall it's important. And though we're talking more so about, you know, our, our dating history and stuff, this can even show up in your friendships and in your, you know, oh, yeah. in, in other platonic oh, relationships. Yeah. So I think it's so important that we remain open to outside perspectives because This is Mm -hmm. not easy to hear, but when you are deceived, you don't know you're deceived, you know, like counterfeits look like the real thing. So you need other people to help you see the truth and help you see the light. Absolutely. So this is why who you have around you is so important. Be open to receiving their their encouragement and their wisdom. Cause like, you know, I consider myself someone who's pretty self-aware yet here I was yeah. struggling to see this situation for what it was. And it's come up for yeah. me uh, in, in various relationships, even with friends. And I've had to have other friends yeah. help me see like that person is not your friend. Like that person just is right. not, right. I know you say this and you say that, but that person is not your friend. And let me show he you. He is not your person. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. And let me show you why I believe that, you know, because of this, 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 yeah. this, this. Sure, they're fun. Sure, you enjoy being around them. Sure, this, this, all these things are true. But also what is true is this. Um, and like you said, we are adults. And it, it, it does take us to see it for ourselves. But yep. we'll get there quicker if we have people around us who will help us get there, who will help us tell along us the, truth. the yes. way and I heard this once, I'll just leave this on a TED talk on um, YouTube. And this lady was talking about relationships and stuff. And something she said that really resonated with me was that she she recommended, you know, take your partner around your friends, take your partner around your family, let them experience them, and then intentionally go back and ask these people, what do you think about so-and-so? And then she said, believe what they tell you because everybody is not lying to you. And most times because these are people you know and I get sometimes people come from a toxic or crazy family so it may be a caveat to this with some people that you may not want to do it but she literally said like these are people most times that know you the most love you the most have your best interest at heart and if they aren't just all like sociopaths they're gonna tell you the truth so when they tell you that um Michael is nuts and get away from him now believe them when they tell you that Sally is crazy and you need to get away believe them so I think it was just so true that she said that. And I heard it so many years ago. And even in the past, I've even said things on my podcast. Like, I don't care what other people think. I don't care what my friends think. I don't care what my family thinks. But with time and maturity comes growth. And I'm yes. at a space now where literally when I am introducing people, I like for my, my, my circle to see my partner. And then I will go back. Now, mind you, I'm not going to be doing those self-checks forever, but <laughs> I will come back. This is more so I think before you are like married, you're not going to be self-checking my husband. <laughs> but I think it's necessary to, you know, ask them like, so, you know, what y'all think about, you know, so-and-so over here. So I think it's something new that we could, you know, it's so many things that we're bringing back that from therapy to so many other things. I think that's one of those things we have to make uh, normalize. Get yeah. the opinions of those that you love. Really yeah. believe in them. I love that. And those are really good proactive tools we could use to avoid getting mm -hmm. into the, the entanglements. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah. Can you, yeah. Can, you, can you tell us some ways we can, if we are already in the web of lies and deceit, can you tell us mm. some ways we can get our mm. power back? We, ways we can start to, yeah. Because it's a couple of scenarios. One, the scenario where you say, okay, this is a narcissist. I don't want anything else to do with this person. So how right. can we take our power back and get out? Or for the person who may not be able to get out so easily, maybe they're married or maybe these are family yeah. members even, you know, maybe your parent yeah. is a narcissist. Um, so these are relationships yeah. that you may not be able to just cut off. So can you speak to some ways that we can either manage and navigate relationships with narcissists yeah. and or how to take our power back completely and cut them all and I think I sure can I think number one you know even if you want to get out nobody I don't know anybody that's able to say okay he's a narcissist she's a narcissist I'm out and get up and leave like it never works that way but once you realize and you do your research research and you come to find okay I am dealing with a narcissist whether that is my boyfriend girlfriend my mom my dad my sister brother my best friend whoever that may be I think you have to identify them and then I think that if you are going to try to manage because most people you know instead of a fight or flight we most times in relationships we tend to try to put up a good fight before we go flight so I think that the next thing is going to be that the person has to try to establish some boundaries and establish what it is that they are going to require in order for that relationship to work and what that really looks like. So whether that boundary be that in my good girlfriend, Iyala Vincent, I always say, I always quote stuff from her. You know, I feel like every time I watch one of her shows, I pick up something from it. Yes. So, you know, one of the things you have to be able to tell people is how they are not going to treat you. And we know that in these situations, a narcissist is never treating us well consistently. So I think if a person, whether it's something that they are doing to you, they are saying to you that they are taking from you, I think you have to be able to really verbalize exactly what that is and be able to tell that person that you are no longer going to talk to me like this, because if you do, I am going to leave, or you are no longer going to treat me like this, because if you do, I am going to go home. You know, you have to be able to establish exactly what that looks like and what that scenario is, and then consistently implement it. Because I feel like a narcissist is somewhat like a child. The first time that you try, they probably are not going to listen. It's probably not going to be as effective as you would like for it to be. So I think that you have to consistently insert those boundaries and be very specific on what that boundary is because you have to tell a person something if they don't know it. And then you have to make sure that you implement it because it's always, like I say, if you 
tell a person that you aren't going to yell at me. And then five minutes later, they're yelling at you and you're sitting there allowing it. Why would they even think to do what you're telling them to do? Like you haven't tried to enforce it at all. Um, I think the next thing is going to be if good for you, if you're able to implement those boundaries and they magically get better and then life goes happily ever after. Um, a lot of times it's not how it goes. It's just like the first step. I think that the next thing will be after you try to insert those boundaries, you have to slowly but surely or swiftly if you can, start to remove yourself from the situation. You have to make sure, you know, if it's a boyfriend, you're not at their house as much. You don't pick up the phone as much. Um, if you're dealing with a mom that may be a narcissist, you limit that you had set a timer conversations with mom are just five minutes. Cause we know five past five minutes, mom goes off on a tangent. Um, I know that, you know, this, this friend that I have, if, I bring up a certain conversation is going to go left. Let me stay away from that subject or let me try to bring it back in. So I think that you have to be very self-aware in how you are now navigating with those people, the amount of time that you're spending in that space with those people, the conversations that you're having and what you are allowing. And then I think you have to be sure that you are speaking up. So if you're trying to insert, assert a boundary, speaking up when they're crossing that boundary, you just cross the line with me. If you're on the phone with whoever and you find that they are, they're rearing their narcissist head and you're trying to assert a boundary that you let them know that this is not okay. This phone call is about to end. You have to show, it's almost like a shock factor. You have to be able to show people like, I really meant what I said. When I said, when I said what I said, you know, Hello. that I meant that and that's what's going to happen. And then I think if you are able to consistently do those things, hopefully you'll see another side. But if not, you get to the place where if you see that a person and a lot of maybe they'll get on board with it. The boundaries are not being accepted. The conversations, they're still trying to cross lines. You will get to a place where you will have to just completely have to cut them off. And it may take, I'm not saying that's going to happen in a week. I'm not saying in two weeks. That may take six to nine months. It may take a year for you to do it. But I think that you'll realize, you know, and sometimes you may be dealing with a co-parenting situation. You can't cut them off because you have to deal with them. But you can insert a third party to hand the kid off or communicate or an attorney, whatever you need to do. But I think it comes down to those core things being, and you can't be vague. That's the biggest thing. You can't say, well, you can't talk to me like that. No, you cannot call me out of my name. You have to be very specific. No, you cannot call me at one o'clock in the morning, mom, because you had a bad dream. You know, you have to be very specific in what it is that you don't want to happen. And then you have to be very assertive in this conversation ending. And then recognize as time goes on, I'm going to slowly but surely remove myself from this situation because it is not benefiting me in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And I think that if you're able to consistently do those things, you are going to, in my experience, in my friend's experience, and everybody I know who's dealt with this and has successfully gotten out of it, you'll eventually get to this space where nothing that this person says or does, mainly, and I would say in partnerships, Nothing that they can say or do will affect you. You'll get to a place where you'll find your own sense of peace that will protect you beyond any understanding. Where in my experience, it got to the point like the person would be talking to me and would literally be asking me like, are you listening? And it's like, no, I'm actually not. Like, I'm not like, I'm here, but I'm not listening to you. And then once they realize that I no longer have power over her, they stop trying and they disappear. Or if it's a, a family member, fortunately, I haven't gone through that, but in my experience of talking to people, um, once they realize that, okay, I can't, but I would say, no, I would say, not that narcissism, but boundaries, I've had to deal with that with family members. Once they realize like, okay, I just crossed Shana twice. She's serious about it. They eventually started moving in the manner that I wanted. So I think if you implement those things consistently, you'll get to a perfect place of peace where nothing can break that. And then once a, a narcissist knows that they don't have control over you anymore, you aren't even any good to them. So you'll stop hearing from them. And that's how that pretty much goes. Girl, <laughs> let me tell you, girl. You hit the nail <laughs> on the head because I do know that like if you're listening to this and you have struggled with codependency or you, you know, have always attracted this kind of person and you're like, oh, my God, the light bulbs are going off and you uh -huh. are overwhelmed with the idea of trying to fix it. Let yeah. me just give you some peace of mind. You don't have to do anything. You don't. When you begin to increase your own self-love, look inwardly, begin mm -hmm. to impl implement those boundaries. I'm telling you, when the narcissists realize they have no more power over you, they will disappear yeah. on them on their own. Yeah. They disappear. They don't, they can, you're disposed. Like they can't do anything with a person that they can't control. And I dealt with that. Like I would say, you know, closer to recently than I would like to admit, but it was the same situation where the person just kept trying, trying, trying. And I was showing them 
that I no longer care. And I think one day the light bulb went off for them. And they're like, this chick really don't care. Let me just go on exit stage left. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, they need someone to control. They need yeah. someone who's going to believe their lies. When yeah. you no longer believe it, you are no longer valuable to them. So they will go find somebody right. else. So they kind of do their, they, yep. they do the dirty work for you. So yeah. be, be encouraged, you know, you don't have to go try and fixing people. Because let me tell you something, there is no fixing the narcissist. Not at all. Leave them in the hands of God, okay? Yeah, yeah. That's all you can do. <laughs> there is no fixing them. Don't try to take on this project. Like, you know what? I'm just going to show them more love and, and have this nice, gentle conversation. And they're going to understand, no, no, they will not. Not and at all. I have heard manipulators say some of the most crazy things to get folks mm -hmm. back on their side. They will yeah. go to the ends of the earth to make you believe their BS. They will pull on your yeah. heartstrings. They will that love become bombing. victim. They will do yeah. all the things to make your heart all soft and mushy, you know? But yeah. you've got to be strong and secure in who you are. Fill yourself up with love. Affirm yourself. Know who you yeah. are so that when they start trying to spew them lies, you'd be like, mm-mm. It don't work the same mm -hmm. no more. It don't work mm -hmm. the same no more. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, you're welcome. And look up the term is breadcrumbing. That's what they do when they want to sprinkle enough in enough stuff. They want to sprinkle like Hansel and Gretel. They want to sprinkle in enough crumbs to get your attention. And as soon as they have your attention, they're going to run away where that person that showed you the breadcrumb to get your attention is no longer there to be found. And the breadcrumbing many times is combined with what we call love bombing. So I've done all these things. I see that you may be on your way out. Let me show up, you know, with your favorite red roses. Let me tell you how much I'm sorry. It was my fault. You mean so much to me. They're going to do all that. And then say your love language is quality time. They come and they do all those things for 15 minutes. Then they gone. Wait a minute. Girl, yo, <laughs> I promise you. Okay, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to be real transparent. This recently <laughs> happened to me and I was so uh -huh. caught off guard and I didn't know the yeah. term bread coming, bread crumbing, not bread coming. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know the term <laughs> bread crumbing. Um, but this is good. That literally happened because my love language is quality time. And I had mm -hmm. an ex who, um, Long story short, we got on the phone for whatever reason, and we were having this conversation, mm -hmm. which was supposed to be about one thing. The conversation should have been yeah. 10 minutes, and it lasted, yeah. let's just say, well over 10 minutes. Right, right. <laughs> and so quality time is my love language, so a conversation talking to me, like, that's filling my love tank. Um, so right, that, right. That, that was a love bombing, right? Yeah. But it was that whole, like, leaving the crumbs just, just enough to make me feel just like, enough. wait, is there something here? Yeah. Is there something here? And then straight up disappeared. I'm talking yeah, about gone, 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 gone. No, it'll be fair. I've dealt with that too. If somebody reached, they reached out to me, I reached out to them. I was just thinking about calling you. You was not thinking about me. <laughs> Shut up. So yeah, people be mindful of those breadcrumbs and that love bombing. It, it's They are two powerful tools that narcissists keep in their arsenal, especially when you are on the way out. Girl, girl, girl. Yes, this is <laughs> this is good stuff. Be alert, okay? Be alert, yes, people. Very. Be sober minded. And um, and the thing about it is, even if other people don't see it, you know, you know when something is yeah. off. You don't need you the know. validation of other people to leave. You don't. Yeah, you know, you know. Oh, you know. We you always know. For you. That is so awesome. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, please share any last encouraging words for people who are struggling with this, and then mm -hmm. we're gonna get into brownie points. I would say for anybody that's struggling with this, um, the first thing I would say, just kind of be real with yourself. I think a lot of times, we know, like we just said, we know when we're in bad situations, but I think for me, and this may help somebody else, when I'm able to identify what the issue is, that helps me sometimes with solving the problem, quote unquote. So I'm a Virgo. I like rules. I like straight lines. I like to know what's going on. And I know that you can't always categorize people. I, some therapists would say that's not healthy. But for me to know that if I'm dealing with a narcissist, I put them in that category. I then know that it's them. It's not me. And I know how to navigate as such. So I would say the biggest thing is just being able to identify if you're dealing with a narcissist, a gaslighter, a manipulator, anybody that's just not for you, be honest with yourself, be truthful with what that process is going to look like to escape it. And then just know that if you don't want to be there, 
you don't have to be there. That being single for a little while, um, you know, it's not a disease, you know? And I always say, you know, yeah, single, you can get a little lonely, but a lot of like 90% of it's fun. So, you know, just know that if it's not the right fit, it's not the right fit. And when your person comes along, it'll be so much easier and worth it for you to realize that, you know, if I'm not, if I'm in a situation right now, I don't need to be in, let me do the work so I can get out and I can start to work on myself to prepare for the person I'm supposed to be with. Amen. That was a word. That was a word. Thank Thank you. you, Thank you. Thank you so much for dropping gems for coming on to share about this that I know so many of us relate to. Yes, ma'am. Well, let's get on to, Brownie points. Okay. This is the segment where we will share um, something we're proud of. It could be big or small, um, but okay. I, I like to help us get into the frame of mind where we um, fill ourselves with affirmations and love and not focus yeah. on all the things we didn't do or all of the tasks and to-do lists that we did not complete. What right. did we do well, you know? So yeah, uh, you can go first, Shana. What are you giving yourself brownie points for today? I am giving myself brownie points for just um, launching season three of my podcast to be single or not to be. I released hey, it hey, hey. Um, in, what was it? December 21st. The first episode of season three came out and I had taken like a two month hiatus. I had life happened, things happened and it was always in my heart. I knew I was going to get back to it because I love it. Um but I found my creative juices again. And I'm just so excited about everything, how the podcast and the platform is growing and already looking forward to season four. So I just want to give myself brownie points for just making season three happening, happen, um, staying the course and just moving onward and upward in this podcast game. Yes, I love that. Congratulations on season three of To Be Thank Single you. or Not To Be Single. That is so Thank dope. You. I am giving myself brownie points for merging my, um, well, I'm in the middle of merging my social media accounts with my okay. personal account and Shays of Brown. It was just getting a bit okay. overwhelming managing both of them. Uh-huh. And I'm sure. I had a moment where I'm like, you know what? I don't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have those moments like this is not a requirement. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is stressing me out. This is draining me. I don't currently have the resources to outsource someone to manage it. So how about this? How about I just merge the two under my everything LEV page because Shades of Brown is under the umbrella of everything LEV. So why not just merge it? And because most people are on my personal account anyway. So I'm like, you know what? Right. I can just plan my content for that. So I planned a whole week of content and I was so proud Mm -hmm. of myself. I was like, you know what? It's done. Like I can sit back, let it auto post, and I'm not worried about it. Yes, it relieved me and alleviated so much stress this week. So I'm like, you know what? Yes. Huh? Like it was just like I just felt. I don't know why we have all we 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 follow these rules that no one gives us. Like nobody, (laughs) no one make is making me have two Instagram pages or making me you know um, manage them so perfectly. Like yeah, there are no rules. I can do what I want to do. Right. 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 Well, congratulations to you because I get it because I'm managing two pages and one of them when I went on my hiatus, I hadn't come back, but I'll be back soon on that one. And same thing. I wanted to make sure when I came back that that one was as easy as my personal. I got to make that one easy because the other one, it takes more time to manage the podcast page. So I'm like, Shannon Montana, you're going to get what I give you. That's what that's going to be. (laughs) And and I'm doing the opposite of this one. I'm like, you know what? On Shades of Brown page, I'll like post on my stories and stuff because Mm -hmm. people are still finding and following the page. But I'm like, you're going to get what I give you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everything else would be on my, on my personal, which I'm making, you know, more of my like business page. So. Right. Right. I get it. Like I'm proud of myself for that. It's like, oh, I was a big girl. I made a decision. Like, you know, against whatever. Yeah, against whatever (laughs) social media rules there. I'm like, whatever. Right, right. Uh, So anyways, uh, if you're listening, please take this moment to give yourself brownie points, write it down, put it in your phone, think about it, meditate on it. And yeah, just uh, give yourself kudos for something that you've done well. I know there's something, so think about it. Thank you so much again, Shana, for coming. Please let us know where we can find you on social media, anything else you're working on and what platforms your podcast is on so we can go listen. Wonderful. So guys, you can follow, you can actually go to my website, www.tobesingleornottobe.com. And from there, you'll find that um, you can, 
follow me on, and all of my links are on my website, but I'm on Instagram at to be single or not to be, or you can follow at Shannon Montana. It's like Hannah Montana, just add an S in the front. And upcoming, I do have a launch of, I typically do quarterly apparel launches. I'm looking to grow in that area. So we have an upcoming apparel launch for our next collection. So I'm super excited about that. And um, the last thing would be, I'm actually a host on another podcast called the Don San podcast. It's not a relationship podcast, even though we talk about relationships on there. Um, we talk about a lot of current events. We talk about historical events. It's a very unique podcast that I love. I'm on there with two guys. I kind of, I always tell them we're the breakfast club. I'm like Angela Yee, but I'm better than Angela Yee. Oh. I'm like Angela Yee. And I have my, my two guys, my Charlemagne and my DJ Envy. So yeah. So again, the website, www.tobesingleornottobe.com. The link is in the bio of either one of my Instagram pages at to be, to be single or not to be. And you can link to any of those websites I've mentioned and just make sure you stay, you follow so you can see my upcoming apparel launch and all things happening for to be single or not to be the podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shana. And um, you are so welcome. And as for me, you guys can follow me at everything Allie B. Everything is there. Everything that I do is it's all there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I love it. Everything. Uh, yes, everything. Please follow the podcast and rate, review, subscribe. Both of ours. How about that? To be single, yes. not to be, and Shades of Brown. Go leave a review, leave a rating. It helps folks find us and it helps yep. grow our community. Um, right. Black folks, please remember this. You are enough. Your creation is so divine and I love me some you. So until the next episode, be healthy, be whole, be human.